In this week's episode, it's all about the fan clubs. Whether you're a part of Chips Ahoy or one of Bun's Huns, we've got something new and exciting for you. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. We are back. We had a week off due to technical difficulties. Sorry. And a week before that where there just weren't any books. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're working on it, okay? We, we do what we can. But going forward, <laughs> we should. We've been talking a lot about making sure that we have like a steady release thing. Plan. Schedule. Yes. Going forward. <laughs> uh, and so hopefully we'll be more consistent than we've been lately. So... You. Sorry. Uh, this week, though, <laughs> we have a lot of really, really cool things. It was actually hard for us to narrow down the ones we wanted to talk about because we yeah. didn't want to have like a two-hour episode, but there was a lot of really good stuff. Big week. Uh, so we're going to dive right in, starting with The Rush, number one. Uh, this is written by Cy Spurrier with art by Nathan Gooden. Uh, this focuses on a woman's journey out to the Klondike, the gold rushy area, the frontier, as it were, uh, in hopes of finding her son who went out there with her father or his father, uh, her husband, and was left behind. Uh, along the way, she meets some interesting characters, finds out more about the greed and corruption surrounding the gold trade, uh, and also discovers that there's more than just the cold will kill you out in the wilderness. T, what were your feelings? What so, was your vibe? So I need to preface all of this with I did not intend for this to be like T talks about her favorite authors week. Um, it just sort of lined up like that. I'm I'm amazed there wasn't a new Kieran book this week because yeah, like right. we are we are running through T's choices. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We got all the fan clubs out. <laughs> it's true. You guys know I love me some Cy Spurrier. Yeah. This one is super cool. Which I think it, the fan club for him should be the size guys. Though I guess that's kind of exclusive. It's a little exclusionary. Yeah. I'm not technically a guy. But it's like the, you know, it's like the New England, like, you guys kind of. You guys. Kind of guys. You guys. You guys. There's too many S's. <laughs> Uh, size guys. <laughs> you, you size guys. I'll, uh, I'll workshop it. I'll we'll, we'll come up with something. I'm going to be sitting here thinking about how to make a fan club out of size spurrier the entire time we're here. Mm. So just be ready for me to scream something out at random during this episode. Um, but I thought this one was really, really cool. The writing is really neat and does like a really good job of being very like feeling very old timey i don't know it was just it was done well Mm -hmm. um it takes a left turn i wasn't expecting and was super awesome and exciting um you don't you don't always go in expecting a horror book but sometimes you get a horror book none Mm -hmm. the same Mm -hmm. um and that's one of my favorite things when you're like oh okay i also love the way this book ends um i'm not gonna full-on spoil it but it's really satisfying to me when like you get an actual conclusion in a first issue of a book. <laughs> yeah, right. Most of the time it's always like, how are we going to hook you for next issue too? But this one literally felt like, no, I'm going to tell you like it is. 
and uh, you're going to keep reading it because you're just gonna. And I'm like, yeah, I will. I, I will totally keep reading yeah. it. But uh, I really liked it. It was, it was very well done. Yeah, we've definitely talked before <laughs> about the difference between stories that seems like they were written for like a longer conclusion and then stories that are well-crafted to fit in the medium of individual issues. Absolutely. And this one definitely had that. It The pacing was really well done. Yes. The conclusion to the first issue was really well done. Yes. And not so like mysteriously cliffhangery that it felt like a days of our lives episode, but it didn't like, feel like a ploy. Yeah. But like, good enough to keep you on the line for issue number two it also wasn't like the various books that we've talked about where it's like nothing happens and there's no resolve <laughs> and it's just like i hope you read number two because um you still have no idea what this book's about <laughs> but yeah this was incredibly well done the the dialogue and dialect is really really solid like the diction chosen for the different characters makes sense and fits uh the setting is really cool we don't really get a ton of horror books set in like the Klondike yeah. and that gives you a lot of options for doing like really cool cryptid things, which seems to be where they're going with this. Yep. Uh, I like what I s have seen of the supposed monster or whatever it is, uh, which oh. isn't giving away too much because it's pretty much there on the cover. I really want to, I really want to say what I'm calling it. Is that spoilery? No, because it's it's on the cover. The main cover has it on there. So. Okay, it's Slenderman in a bowler hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's awesome. You don't... Yeah. It's just cool. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, Slenderman in a bowler hat. It's, I, You know, I didn't expect it to work, but it works. And he creepy. And it's, it's creepy. <laughs> yeah. So, I like it. I really, really dig this book. I, I, I like that we're starting to see more and more horror that is picking up different settings. Yeah. Or kind of like combining different horror tones and things like that. I agree. Uh, you know, it's like not to just call out a random book I love, but like Nice House on the Lake, for instance. Oh, so good. You know, the typical build to you have a bunch of friends going into a house. It's a very nice house. Slasher. Boom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. Like this going to be a slasher. But it's not. It's like aliens and apocalypse and mystery and bizarre. So it's it's cool to see these like new settings happening and also old settings being kind of reused in unique ways. Yeah. Uh, and this just it's a unique book. There's doesn't feel like a lot out on the shelf. I also really know? respect being able to use cryptids. I feel like. Yeah. People are often really afraid to, like, make cryptids. Yeah. I feel like you either use something that's already in existence or you just retell what's already been told yeah. or, or, like, re refashion something yeah. that's existing. And this one feels very new, very fresh, very different. And I love yeah. that. And moreover, to expound on something that I wanted to say and I almost totally forgot, uh, <laughs> even beyond the horror stuff, this has this book is very Western-y. It's yeah. very, like, it fits a lot of Western, Western tones. Yeah. Uh, but it's set in, like, the frigid north. And I just think, in general, there's not enough, like, Western stories told in With snow. the cold. Yeah. And I think that's a interesting place to set a Western, <laughs> because it creates this harsh environment that the characters have to fight against. In addition to, you know, we so often see prairie and desert Westerns. 
we don't get enough snowy westerns. Yep. And so I think that just adds an interesting bit of flavor to it. There's so. a I'm trying to remember the name of it. Yes. One that does this exact thing is Black Stars Above, which is one of my favorite comics of all time. Mm -hmm. And that one takes place in a very like like it feels kind of westerny because they're on like like the wilderness of Canada. Mm -hmm. So it has like very westerny tones at points and very like like um I'm trying to think of like pilgrimy type tones, but it's also like cold. And one of the big points of the whole book is like this constant reverberating frozenness. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's so much that can be done with that in this like very like isolated westerny narrative that isn't played with. Yeah. I agree. Uh moving on. Next up Get ready, Chips Ahoy. Yeah. We got New Burn, number one. Written by our boy Chip. Chip Starsky. <laughs> He's our boy. I don't know yeah. if you knew that. With art by our one of our other boys, Jacob Phillips. Mm-hmm. Um, New Burn is very much a neo-noir. Uh, yeah. It, it fits a lot of the beats. It's not, you know, at its surface really much we haven't seen before, but it follows... Uh, a private investigator whose name is Newburn, uh, as he goes through his day-to-day -day routine for the most part of what he does, which is effectively he is hired out to mafias and gangs uh, to help them resolve their issues. Yeah. Uh, he at one point describes himself as being like a UN investigator. So he is himself allied with the Russian Bratva, you know, the triad, various different mafiosos. Mm -hmm. They pay him to uncover details about various murders and crimes that happen within the family or from other families and just connect the dots to make these things. So he helps the police to an extent, but he's not really there for the police. He's there for these dudes. Uh, he's an older gentleman, and I think that's going to play into the story going forward. There's a few people in this issue that comment on his age, and we see him in the in the beginning stages of picking up potentially a new protege. Mm -hmm. T, how you feeling? <laughs> I really enjoyed this one too. Um, like you said, it doesn't feel like it's necessarily like breaking big new ground but i do like the concept of someone who's sort of like a neutral entity within you know gang and mafia related mm -hmm. organizations like he he is a, a switzerland amongst all of these big groups and so he's able to do and get connections and do research that the police can't because the police you know, aren't allowed to know the inner workings of these, these, yeah. you know, criminal organizations. So I think that's really cool. Um, I also liked how this felt really contained and I really hope that that continues. So one thing that I really liked about this issue was that we see from start to finish an investigation of one specific crime against one of the families. It felt, yeah, it felt like a serial. It kind yes. of felt like what Brubaker's doing over at Reckless. Reckless, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It felt very contained. It was More very convinced. like... 
this happened and this happened. And obviously there's going to be like extenuating multi-issue themes that happen, you know, him picking a protege and this sort of th- stuff that that's going to cover multiple issues. But I really, really hope Chip leans into the like compact kind of serial nature, nature of it. Of it. Yeah. Exactly. Because they feel like to me, I don't get enough of those. Like, it's one of the reasons why we love anthology so much is because sometimes it's really nice to just, like, have a book be a bite-sized quantity of content, yeah. and then you move on. Because, I I mean, personally, as you guys know, we read so many freaking yeah. comics that when I'm reading a book that's, like, not episodic, that things are huge, long-standing you know, plot lines and there's weird details introduced in every issue. And like, you have to keep track when there's like a lot of it. If you fall behind, if you, you know, if it's been a while since you've been able to read the last issue, mm-hmm. it can just, it can be exhausting and confusing. Yeah. That's why <laughs> one book that kind of did this recently, that was a real banger for me was die. They kind of got away from it eventually, but in the very beginning each, even though it was all about, you know, this group of people being sucked into this game and having to navigate it, each kind of first issue, like the first few issues, each one was them just resolving a problem. Yeah. Like, we have to get here. And that was that issue. And then the next one was, well, we need to convince this person this. And that was that issue. And then the next one was like, we need to get here. Yeah. And that was that. And it lets you tell, you know, in doing that, it lets you tell very pointed, specific stories yes. and get like very pointed, specific messages across. Like one of the early issues of Die was just a big kind of sweeping homage to Tolkien, yeah. you know, and his experience in World War One and stuff like that. Um, and I, you know, you can't do that as well if you're doing like check us out next time like long cliffhangery like bit by bit stories right and and an example of this that has been hard for me it's a really great book i will admit but nomen omen is there's so much going on and it's so intertwined and it's so long standing Mm. like I feel like it took them 14 issues just to get to one level of resolution for one of the plot lines that you know, there was a period of time when I had to take a break from reading. And when I come back, I'm like, I don't remember who these people are. I don't remember where I am. Yeah. I don't remember what happened. All the issues run together yeah. because they're all talking about the same thing for so long. You're like, I don't remember if that happened in this issue. Am I missing this issue? Did I read that issue? And it, it's a cool story. Don't get me wrong, but it can be hard to maintain. And yeah. so I really appreciate, I, I can absolutely respect, respect a long, long standing, long form narrative, but there is something strongly to be desired in a quick bite size piece of yeah. content. <laughs> like, keep the narrative there, but tell just like a wrapped up story. Yeah. Each. It's episodic. It's, yes. It's what you see in like, you know, We'll say Buffy, for instance. Yes. Like, Buffy, each season has a big bad, has things going on, but every episode is its own story. Yes. You know, and while there might be episodes in the middle that pertain to the longer running search for the big bad or whatever it is, (laughs) there's still just these individual episodes. Yes. You know. Um, I love when it feels like an independent book is inspired or spun out of the writer's work on like a superhero book 
Mm-hmm. Like it's one of my favorite things. Yeah. When I read an independent creator owned title and I'm like, I really think they thought of this while they were doing it. <laughs> and recently Chip's been doing Daredevil. Yep. And this character very easily feels like he could fit into the world of Daredevil. Oh, 100%. And so it almost makes me wonder if this was something that he came up with and either got shot down or just never got to like a conceptual place where he felt like he wanted to take it to Marvel or right. he just felt like it would be better on its own or what. But it definitely feels like, you know, the the concept of like a private investigator working with all these different gangs and solving mysteries for them. <laughs> Would easily be like a daredevil focused anti hero. Well, and it you know? fits beautifully into what has been the Chip Starsky Daredevil run, which has been focused heavily on the different um, criminal syndicates trying to figure out who's in charge and how to coexist without Kingpin being the head figure controlling all of the different boroughs. So it's like perfectly aligned. Like, you're absolutely right. Mm hmm. Next up, The Heathens, number one. Hey there, all my buns huns out there. <laughs> I said it was going to be the fan club, fan club it's time. True. Uh, <laughs> this is written by Colin Bunn and Heath Amodio uh, with art by Sami Cavella. Uh, this is effectively a suicide squad of undead notorious people we it opens with captain she uh the dragon pirate queen of yore uh as she is hunting down some sort of weird masked figure who i guess escaped and killed a bunch of people uh she then goes back to her boat in some sort of limbo and is talking to stalin and we slowly find that stalin is building a team of other notorious people (laughs) in order to hunt down notorious people that escaped hell. If that concept is not enough to sell you on this book, I guess (laughs) we'll keep talking about it. Uh, Yeah, they basically, they have to collect seven or six... Six souls, I think. And then they... Seven. Seven. And then they get to leave. They get redemption. Yes. They get out of hell and I guess go to heaven. Um, This pirate captain, who's a total badass, is on her last one. uh, And it just happens to be possibly the worst because it's Jack the Ripper. She's joined by two arguing gangsters, Billy the Kid and a strange Russian woman. T, what'd you think? So there's so much for me to like about this because it's we're leaning off with it being like weird historical fiction and then we're leaning into all of these really badass ladies that are like running the show and there's like weird religious tones that are chilling out in it. There's serial killers chilling out in it. It's like... Anything that you picked up as a hobby during quarantine is in this book. Like, the only thing I'm surprised it didn't have was, like, the coordinating person, who I believe is Stalin. I'm surprised Stalin wasn't, like, baking bread in the middle of it. Like, it's basically anything you listen to in a podcast during quarantine, it's there. And it's excellent. Um, 
it's cool because I feel like it does have some of the like subtle horror vibes that Cullen obviously brings to the table, but it also feels a lit a little bit more um historically based than we typically yeah. get from a Cullen Bun book, which is cool. Um I like that it's leaning into historic figures that are less known. Um, I think that's really neat. Um, it's not, you know, obviously, like, they've brought in, like, Stalin and Jack the Ripper so that it keeps people's interest. But, like, it's not like all of our heroes are, you know, standard people you would expect to hear about. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's it's a little bit more diverse. It's a little bit more <clears throat> interesting and, and more creative. Um I don't know. I thought it was really good. I thought the writing was really good. Very engaging. It very much felt like I wouldn't even, this is weird, but I wouldn't even call it like, um, like suicide squad. I'd almost bring it like league of extraordinary gentlemen. Yeah. It's got that vibe. (laughs) I honestly think this idea was drafted while reading Zeb Wells run on Hellions. Cause Mm. the team just feels very Hellions. It feels very, very Hellions. Uh, you've got Queen She in place of uh, Psylocke. You've got two team members that are constantly arguing. You've got one that's a little bit too rambunctious and into the idea and stuff like that. It feels, the dynamic feels very Hellions. And I love the run on Hellions. I love the Hellions run. So I'm fully in on it. But it does, you know, it fits those kind of teams like Suicide Squad and Hellions and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen where they're kind of like drafted together and having to do this because why the hell not? Right. Um, a lot of really cool possibilities for this. Like, I think I would love to see this be like a really long running series, mm-hmm. you know, because while Jack the Ripper is a cool kind of first big bad and there seems to be like cults involved and stuff, I don't know. Uh there's a lot of other famous, notorious dead people, you know, that right. you could bring into this. And there's backup material to this uh, that lists a ton of ones that have already been captured in the past and ones that are potential candidates and ones that are uh, in order to be a heathen and ones that are still at large. And it's it's worth reading because it's it opens the door for a lot of really wild stories, and I would love to see this just keep going. You know, yeah, a great TV show too. Oh, very say. cool. Really, really cool on the screen. I would love to see it, but very cool. Yeah, this one just hit a lot of my buttons. I love this one. It's it's really nifty. Agreed. So happy that this one came around because I didn't realize I needed a bunch of criminals from the past hunt down serial killers book in my life but redeemable people (laughs) apparently i needed this so (laughs) here we are all right finally we want to talk about the new tom king uh book coming out of dc this is the human target he writes with greg smallwood doing the pretty pictures uh the human target is christopher chance is that his name Yes. I believe so. Yes. Correct me on Look that up. Make okay. sure I'm right. Looking it up. Because I may have just defaulted my first name into the first name. No, because, I know his name is Christopher. Um, he is yes, Christopher a Chance. gentleman in the DC universe whose job is to effectively impersonate people so that he can take the brunt of assassination attempts and attempts on people's well-being and life uh, so that they don't have to. And then they can find out 
who tried it. He hasn't been used much in DC of late. Uh, there's a few times that he's kind of popped in uh, in certain things, but not a character that comes up a lot. That said, this book is going to be astounding. It opens with him dying. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Page <laughs> for page two, it opens on him dying. And then we rewind time and we get to see when it happened. And we're going to follow him on his investigation <laughs> to figure out who killed him. Or who was trying to kill Lex Luthor. And it might be somebody famous. Ooh. T, I know you have a lot to say about this book. Oh my god, thank god for this book, because what the hell was I gonna do with myself without Strange Adventures? <laughs> I, that, I get behind on my comic. I'm gonna I'm be honest, I'm a bad comic reader. Smack me on the wrist. I'm a bad comic reader. I fall behind on stuff. I got a full-time job. I got a lot going on. Sue me. But I always made time for Strange Adventures. <laughs> it's true. I always made time, because I cared. And I was really sad. And now I don't have to be sad because this book kicks ass. It's so good. It has the exact same vibe and feel that Strange Adventures did. It's another dude that you don't really know anything about that nobody really talked about for a while. And it's like, he's it's another apathetic, like, schmen. It's like yeah. weirdly political feeling, mm-hmm. even though it's not really political. But it, I don't know. It's just nice. I feel like... I feel like this fits a vibe that sometimes happens in DC from some of the DC writers, Tom King, Joel Jones. Like I just, there's a certain like vibe and I'm trying to figure out how to describe the vibe. It's like clean and posh and like, 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 what is that word? sophisticated (laughs) it's like there's something about the writing and the art and the story they're telling it feels grown up it feels like it's like the the madmen of comics it's like you should be reading these comics while sipping on a manhattan like there's just something about them greg smallwood is a great artist to go in tandem with that too (laughs) yes he's got a very like posh 1970s kind of style yeah posh is a great word yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's just there's something about it in some of these books like i i'm hard pressed when it comes to catwoman like i get kind of like hoity-toity now because if it does if it's not joelle i'm like do you even know catwoman (laughs) yeah i get really like like nose up in the air because there's just there's something about these stories from these writers and these artists yeah. that just, it makes you feel like they just feel rich, but not in a like money way, in a like chocolate cake kind of way. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, yeah. They I feel can... like they'd be made of velvet. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I get that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just cool. And I'm really, really glad that this one has the same vibe, the same feel, the same sophistication, the same, like, elevated plot, you know? It just feels, makes me feel like I'm wearing silk. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I uh, I know when we talked about Strange Adventures, 
okay, so years ago, Tom King brought Mr. Miracle into like the oeuvre for many, many people. Yeah. He was a kind of bonkers background character most of the time. You know, the fans of that area of the new gods and the dark side worlds and the, you know, the Kirby's and whatnot loved him. But he was always just kind of a, a niche, kind of a cult character. Right. Tom King did his Mr. Miracle run, changed all that. He became popular. We started seeing him in other things. He popped up in Deceased. He popped up in Dark Knight's Metal, I think. He's popped up all over the place mm-hmm. uh, in various crossover events and stuff. He's been all over. Uh, there's a new Mr. Miracle in town, and he's kicking around. Uh, then he goes and does Strange Adventures. He does Adam Strange, another character that had its fans, you know, fans of the original books and fans of the few times he's popped up, but just kind of a cult character. Mm-hmm. And then boom, Strange Adventures, another hit. It's so good. <laughs> and, you know, years ago when Mr. Miracle happened, I know we all were like, man, I hope Tom King keeps doing this. <laughs> and he just does. And that's cool. <laughs> like... I'm glad that he found kind of a rhythm with taking these characters that are these like kind of strange background characters, don't pop up much, have a very like bizarre power set or bizarre kind of purpose. Yeah. And then he's like, I don't know, I'm going to do a detective book with this, you know, I'm going to do a procedural (laughs) crime drama with this one, you know, I'm going to talk about mental health with this character and stuff like that. And it's like, it's great. It's so they've all been very good. And this one seems like it's also going to be very, very good. So, uh, thank you, Tom King for finding that niche and like filling that void that we didn't know we needed. It's true. You know, we had a hole in our hearts and we didn't know. Yeah. It's just good stuff. And I'm excited. I hope he keeps going because I'm always excited to see what the next character is. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, when he gets done with one and then he announces the next one, I'm always like, whoa, no way. Like, I saw, <laughs> saw this one coming up and I was like, human target? What? <laughs> no one writes about the human target. <laughs> and then here we are. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's just another winner. It's just another cool Tom King book coming out of DC. So, congrats. It's true. You know. That's going to be it for us. There's others that we wanted to talk about that we weren't able to fit into this episode, so you will see them at the end of the month in our November honorable mentions. Totally forgot the word. Uh, And so keep an eye out for those. And we will have an Eternals Real Extra happening for you on Monday, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, And we hope to have plenty and plenty and plenty more and plenty more and more plenty more and plenty consistently more episodes coming at you if you like this and you want to hear older episodes including extra ones and our weeklies you can find them at coverbpodcast.com you can also find us on social media facebook twitter tiktok instagram i couldn't come up with a better word for size guys i thought about spurriers couriers Mm. it just doesn't doesn't flow mm-hmm. as well and i'm not entirely sure what the message would be with that one i i don't know guys what about mad max spurry road <laughs> it doesn't even make sense and i love it
go. It, uh, yeah, we're going with that. Because I can't, how am I going to, I can't. Anyway. About, oh, uh, okay, so we did Chips Ahoy for Chip. Yeah. So what about other foods? So what about Spiritos? Spiritos is pretty good. Yeah. Spirito, I like Spiritos. Uh, yeah. I like... <laughs> I, I'm like, my brain, you guys should see my face. We'll, it's like a ticking clock. By the time we have another size Spurrier book to talk about, we'll, we'll have hammered down the fan club. Yeah. Maybe we should go something like Trixie, like size spies. We Ooh. spy for him. I like burritos. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. <laughs> I hope you have a good weekend. Thank you for listening. We love you. Look out for more episodes. Eternals, it's happening. We'll talk to you about it. T, do you have anything to add? No. All right. We will catch you back here for the next episode of, of Cover, Cover Me. Me. Bye. Bye, Spiritos. <laughs>